If you're curious to engage with a lot of the topics we explore on the podcast in more creative and embodied ways, we welcome you to join us in Alchemize, our 10-week audio-based program of daily imagination practices intended to disrupt status quo ways of thinking, sensing, relating, and being. To be honest, without any grant support for our show right now, and we did just get turned down by several mainstream environmentalism philanthropies, this program and our Patreon are our primary means of supporting our labor for these free podcasts right now. We really want to remain untethered to corporate interests, and every small contribution to our Patreon or enrollment in our program Alchemize helps to ensure that we can continue producing these vital conversations that feature voices and perspectives often sidelined from mainstream media. So if you value our work and want to dive deeper with us, join us in Alchemize today at greendreamer.com slash alchemize and join our Patreon starting at just $3 at patreon.com slash greendreamer. Thank you so, so much for however you were able to support our work during these critical times. We are so deeply grateful. This fear of missing out is what drives us to to buy a lot of things that we don't need all the time. Just kind of develop this feeling of, yeah, so what if I don't have that new gadget or if I don't get that new trendy item? I can just I can be just as happy without that product. How can we get people who are very much still seduced by fast fashion into the idea of buying less and buying better? How can we deal with perfectionism in terms of sustainable living and be able to just enjoy this journey rather than constantly feel bad or feel like we're not doing enough? That's just the tip of the iceberg of what you'll hear today. Just a quick reminder, if you'd like to receive weekly highlights from the podcast that can hopefully provide you with another dose of inspiration throughout the week, you can subscribe for free at greendreamer.com. With that, to thank you for being here, you'll also automatically be entered to win our monthly giveaways. I'll share more information on our upcoming giveaways soon in our next email. It's a super exciting collaboration, so don't miss out. That's greendreamer.com to sign up. And now to our episode. Let's dive in. Hey, it's Kamea Shane, and this is Green Dreamer, a podcast for creatives, visionaries, and entrepreneurs dreaming of a sustainable future. Thank you for bringing your light. If you haven't already, make sure to hit subscribe, and together, let's learn what it takes to thrive in every sense of the word. Our guest today is a small-town girl from Denmark who studied communication, media strategy, and fashion design. She used to be in the conventional fashion world, but after getting tired of the constant trends that just go in and out of fashion, she decided that she wanted to do fashion differently. And with that, she started her blog and YouTube channel called Use Less, which now has over 100,000 subscribers. If you're not already familiar with her work, definitely check her out on YouTube. I'll have this linked in the show notes for you to check out, but she covers minimalism, sustainable fashion, and lifestyle on her channel in very inquisitive, non-judgmental, and beautiful ways, which I think has played a key role in just her being able to build up this solid community that she has today. Green Dreamer, starting with what inspired her passion for the environment, here's Sine Hansen. 
Uh, it actually started back in around 2014. Um, I was working as a designer, as a commercial designer. Um, and I went back to school to study for a while. So I went back to study communication and media strategy. And then we just, we learned a lot about our culture and our constant hunt for new things. So this rush of the new, and it just resonated with me a lot. So I just slowly started decluttering my entire life. Um, and I started with one of my biggest passions, which, which is fashion and style. And then from there, just escalated. Um, and I started reading a lot of books and articles, and I watched lots of documentaries about slow living and minimalism and zero waste, all those things. And yeah, then I just knew that I, I wanted to make a difference, and my life and the way I was consuming was never going to be the same after that. So when you were initially in the fashion industry, it was just conventional fashion or? Yeah, it was. I wouldn't say that it was fast fashion, but it was close to being that. So what gave you the courage to step out of that and do something different? I think you mentioned in your bio that some of your friends told you that maybe fashion business isn't right for you if you want to really be minimal with everything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think it was just everything inside me. It just felt wrong to be to be contributing to the fashion industry like I used to do, like drawing a lot of clothing and, you know, based upon passing trends. And it just it just didn't feel natural to me, especially because a lot of trends, they, they pass on. So eventually those clothes will just end up in landfill. So, yeah, everything inside me just told me that this was just not the way that I was going to contribute contribute to the fashion industry. Mm-hmm. So were you taught to just look out for the latest trends and design based on the latest trends that we know will go out of style? Yeah, I mean, they don't they don't tell you directly that you need to look at or find trends that, you know, will pass on. But, you know, you're taught all the way, even when you take the design education, you're taught that you have to look at latest trends when you design a collection. That's how most fashion businesses run today. That's how you make collections. <laughs> and so what was the main appeal of minimalism? Is it just having things be more timeless and not following trends all the time? Definitely. And also just, you know, lay off that feeling of, of being afraid of missing out on something. Because I also learned that I often return to the same style and I'm often drawn to the same kind of style. And the people that I'm inspired by, they, you know, it's often the same kind of style that I return to time and time again. So I just realized that, you know, I didn't need to run around and look for trends to be happy or to have fun with fashion. Mm -hmm. So it's less about following trends and more about really getting to know your personal style. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And then with this, what led you to starting your YouTube channel and blog, Use Less? Well, I actually started my my YouTube channel by coincidence because after I studied communication, um, I was between finishing school and finding a job, so I had nothing to do. And then one day I thought, well, there aren't many videos about how to build a capsule wardrobe out there. So after uploading my very first video on the subject, um, my channel just started growing. So I had my blog all along. I had my blog for a couple of years before that, but then... Once I started making YouTube videos, everything just escalated. Mm. And how much did you know about YouTube before you just put out your first video? Uh, not a lot, actually. I, I used to watch um, some YouTube videos, but in Denmark, we're, we're kind of behind 
on the whole YouTube thing, especially <laughs> if you're a bit older like me, it's more for the younger segment. Um, so I didn't use YouTube all that much, but you know, it just struck me that it's a great way of, of passing on knowledge in a more visual way. And I'm very visual myself. So it just felt very natural to do it like that. Well, so today you have over 100,000 subscribers on YouTube, which is amazing. And of course, in addition to your blog and everywhere else, all the other platforms that you have. But I'm sure it's been a journey since you first got started. What's been like your greatest personal struggle building up your platforms and online community? I think in general, I wouldn't say that I'm a perfectionist. I've kind of tried to lay lay off that a bit. But when it comes to creating content, I'm actually very perf- perfectionistic. <laughs> so it can kind of take me a while to, to create my content. And I'm, yeah, it just has to be just right. And then I'm actually also quite sensitive. And YouTube can be a tough place at times. Uh, people tend to use their freedom of speech a lot, which is fine, as long as it's constructive. But you know, that's just not always the case. Um, so luckily I have very dedicated followers. So the negative, the negative comments are, are really rare, but they, they tend to, to be there sometimes. Yeah. I, I saw on Instagram, you talked about how with you being a professional in sustainability, talking about sustainable fashion and lifestyle, you sometimes get comments from people like calling you out for not being perfect in your choices. And I feel yeah. like we're all very critical of ourselves already. And a lot of us are perfectionists already. But to hear this coming from other people who don't know us and don't know why we make the decisions that we make, I feel like that can just feel really unpleasant. I feel like nobody really likes that. And given that sustainability is so gray, so complex, and it also means different things to different people, I feel like getting criticisms and disagreements is kind of hard to avoid if we choose Mm. to put ourselves out there as you have. So how do you deal with situations like this where people call you out for not being perfect? I try to explain myself and I feel like often I can explain myself. I can come with good explanations for why I choose the way I do. And I focus a lot on not being, it's not about being perfect when it comes to sustainability because that will just, you know, kill the joy of, of trying to make a difference and it will just completely put you off. So I always try to, so I have this disclaimer section on my blog, which I think makes a lot of sense, especially since I'm, I'm putting myself out there on a very heavy uh, subject. But I have this uh, quote in my disclaimer section on my blog that says, do your best until you know better. And then when you know better, do better. So that's kind of the the way I try to work around things. Um, and I try not to be perfect. And I try to to tell other people that they don't have to be perfect either when they want to make a difference. So even the smallest actions have a, are of great meaning. So especially when it comes to sustainability, if it has to be sustainable in the long run, it has to be sustainable for you as well. I love that. Sustainability is so complex, especially with sustainable fashion. Like there's so many different things to look for and people also look for different things. So it's just hard to even picture what perfect looks like. Mm. Yeah, no, we're only at the beginning of this, especially when it comes to sustainable fashion. So, of course, we're all going to make mistakes and we're all going to get wiser along the way. We can't be all perfect from from the beginning. It has to be a process. <laughs> yeah, always a work in progress. And I yeah. feel like you being real and being genuine with all of this is what has really attracted people to you and you encouraging people to take baby steps. I feel like that's much more inviting than 
um, us saying like, you have to do everything or you're not good enough or whatever. So I feel yeah. like that's definitely what's really attracted people to your work. And of course, your style is gorgeous. Your videos are amazing as well. Oh, and I'd you. love to hear what you think was key to you um, really building a large audience of people who are eager to learn about sustainable fashion from you. Like you just said, I think it's because um, I try not to have like this preachy vibe in all of my content. So I leave room for mistakes. And also the fact that the general consumer is not experts. Uh, they shouldn't have to be. I'm not an expert either. I'm just very eager to learn. I also think that because I've been working in the, in the industry, I've been working as a designer and I know a lot about you know qualities and fabrics and I know how everything works. I think that makes my content and my voice kind of different as well. I also acknowledge the fact that everyone has different ways to work around fashion. So some people are fine with a minimal wardrobe, but some people like colors and frequent replacements. So I try to come up with sustainable ways of enjoying fashion, no matter who you are and how you like to, to work around fashion. Then I also think a lot of my followers are just interested in the Danish lifestyle in general and the whole Scandinavian vibe, I think. That's something that many people are attracted to as well. Definitely. I feel like people are very drawn to minimalism and that Scandinavian style these days. Yeah, it's definitely very popular. <laughs> yeah. So what have you observed in terms of, you know, you've put out so much content. What do you think makes content like really engaging for people? I think for me, the most popular topic is definitely the capsule wardrobe system. And I think everything that I do that ha that is capsule wardrobe related they always get lots of views but I also think it's because yeah it's it's visual and it's easy relatable and um, I also think that because I film my videos in in our home and they're just very natural very down to earth I think so very very authentic kind of as well and very personal I definitely think that personal content where you also show a bit of yourself and Just in general, authentic content is definitely the best, I think. Mm -hmm. So sometimes people might be afraid to put themselves out there, but being relatable and being human really helps. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And so there's mainstream fashion where it's driven by trends. Why do you think minimalism is also becoming trendy and people are drawn to capsule wardrobes and minimalism I think people are just fed up with the whole fast fashion industry um, in general. I mean, some people that are not quite there yet, they say that they're bored with the minimalist style. And I feel the opposite. I'm bored with all of the passing trends because we've <laughs> seen all of it before. Um, so I think many people are just so fed up with the way fashion works today. So people really want something else and people want to slow down. A lot of people do. And minimalism is is so much more than a certain style. It's also about, you know, just slowing down and reconnecting with your own true values in life. So what's like the biggest life lesson you've learned for yourself since you've really cut down and became very minimalistic with everything? It's been a few years since I started, but I think it both has something to do with me just getting older and more mature, but it, it's definitely also taught me to Yeah, again, connect with my own true values and really learn something about who I am and what I what I want with my life. So yeah, in general, just slowing down, take a step back and, and not, you know, have this fear of missing out on anything, kind of doing things in my own pace. 
And for those of us who are content creators or entrepreneurs just starting out, uh, what would your biggest pieces of guidance or tips be for us in terms of what it takes to stand out or grow in today's landscape? Yeah, I definitely think being real and being authentic is is really important. Um, and then also to to try and look for what what is that word in English? Like a niche? Is, niche, yeah. Call that in well, English? I say niche, but other people say niche. I think I, I learned the word in Europe, so I say niche. Yeah, it's like finding your niche because um, there are so many content creators out there, so it can be quite hard to really stand out from the crowd. So really finding your niche and something that you love uh, can can help you a lot too. So when I started, capsule wardrobes weren't really... I mean, it was big in the United States, but I think I was definitely part of bringing, bringing the whole capsule wardrobe to Europe. So kind of finding a niche and then, yeah, it just has to be something that you're passionate about and something that's really authentic, I think. Yeah. And going back to the fashion industry, based on your expertise, what do you think is our biggest challenge to having fashion be more sustainable? Yeah, sometimes I catch myself thinking that, you know, it's hard to change an industry that basically doesn't want to be changed. At the end of the day, business is is business. And if you're making good money from that business, why should you change it, right? So I think many brands are afraid to commit to saying our production is ethical or we're committing to using only sustainable materials because that will be kind of a risk to take. Also, to me, one of the biggest problems is the amounts of items being produced in the industry. So going from fewer items to maybe a higher price point so that there's room for better materials and more ethical production, for example, it's it's a tough one to go through with just like that. It's definitely something that's going to take a lot of years. And as consumers, we've also just been brought up completely opposite of that. So we want everything for lower price points because to us, that is good value for money when really that's not really good value for money. Yeah. Um, so I think that's definitely the biggest challenges. Yeah. And you mentioned that it'd be a risk for companies to be more sustainable. Why is it a risk for them? I think it's because when you've already established a brand and a whole like storytelling around your brand, it's, it's hard going, yeah, going away from that. And mm -hmm. also because if you have a low price point to begin with and you suddenly offer the customers products of a higher price point, those customers will probably move to another brand because one of the reasons why they support you is probably or partly because of that low price point. That's a big issue because if yeah. they're going to lose business from changing, then it's not they won't really want to change, right? Yeah, exactly. So do you think it has to start with consumers demanding better first before businesses will do better? Or do businesses have to just like voluntarily do better first? I think that as consumers, we can, we can, you know, we have so much power. People always say that, but we do have a lot of power as consumers and we can, I feel like all people in the sustainability field know that we can use our the way we consume as kind of a vote to how we want, what kind of products we want to be offered. So I don't think you can ever say that it's only the consumers or that it's only the brand. I think it has to be kind of a collaboration between the consumer and the brands. It's a simple like demand. So we have to all work together. But then we also have consumers who are still very much 
into, you know, I can get 10 pieces for the same price as buying one more expensive piece. How do you think we can get mm -hmm. those consumers to shift towards valuing quality over quantity? Yeah, that's definitely a tough question because also that's, I have a lot of friends that are exactly like that. And I think that's why they don't really understand what it is that I'm doing and they don't yeah. always get why, oh, that jacket was so expensive. Why did you even want to, to buy it? Yeah, I definitely have friends like that too. And even though they know that I'm one of their best friends and I really care about sustainability and I always share these amazing sustainable fashion brands with them. But at the end, they, yeah. they still shop at Forever 21 or H&M uh, yes. or Zara. Yeah, I think to me, one of the easiest ways to be sustainable, if you have this very, if you have this way of working around fashion where you just want everything at a low price point is definitely to go for something secondhand. And that's the way things are right now. It's not the most convenient choice, but I wish that more brands, especially the fast fashion brands would make like a section on their web shop where people could like swap with each other or buy some of their older collections, like secondhand or something like that. So it's definitely tough to, to figure out how we can get those people to, to consume more responsibly. And then on top of that, some, I know that some of my friends also just don't want secondhand things because they they want new things. So that'll be a challenge too. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, especially with those kind of people, it's hard not to become preachy, but they are really <laughs> the ones that need to, to change the most. I'm sorry to say, but they are the people who really need to like take a step back and not be so selfish. If I'm allowed to say that, because yeah. it is a very selfish way of consuming. For sure. And definitely not preaching because I was definitely a victim of fast fashion earlier on. So I feel like what it took for me to get out of it is just awareness, more awareness and more awareness. Yeah. So I don't know. What do you think we can do to inspire these consumers? I think that the capsule wardrobe system is definitely a great way to go. And I think maybe, yeah, exactly like many of my friends come to me and say, I don't really understand what it is that you're doing. Maybe I should try to actively offer them to help them decluttering their wardrobes because <laughs> I know that some people say that you know the capsule wardrobe system is definitely not for me but you can kind of work a way around it so that it fits you and the lifestyle you have the style preferences it doesn't have to be just like the basic rules you can kind of develop it along the way so yeah I think just a, a way of structuring your wardrobe is definitely something that will be very helpful and even if it's not for sustainability there are also other benefits to just reducing and being more minimalist yeah exactly that's where it started for me as well in the beginning I wasn't really that interested in sustainable brands and ethical brands I, I had more of this focus on only having things in my wardrobe that made me happy and that I really wanted to use but then along the way it just happened naturally that I started getting more interested in in all the sustainable brands so I mean if that, that can happen to me maybe it can happen to anyone yeah. So what do you think are some of the benefits of minimalism and valuing quality over quantity for people who might not be interested in sustainability, but might be interested in the other benefits? So like less clutter is less stress or? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And also for me, I, I kind of like this whole minimalism journey has also made me look at my whole career and what I want to do in the whole job area. And I've kind of just taking a step back and yeah, like I mentioned before, really just reconnected with my, my values and 
found out along the way that I actually wanted to be self-employed and I never thought that I was going to be self-employed. So my life has definitely changed a lot since I, since I started getting interested in, in minimalism. So I would definitely say that just throughout my entire life right now, I have this quality over quantity kind of vibe in, in everything I do. So not only when it comes to fashion, but also when it comes to, to friends and family and all the stuff that I like to do. Um, so just in general, slowed down and yeah, it just feels amazing. And going beyond fashion, what do you think we need most to accelerate towards a thriving, healthy planet? I definitely think that we all need to to just learn to slow down and to give up that feeling of, of being afraid to miss out. Because especially when it comes to consumerism, I think that this fear of missing out is what drives us to, to buy a lot of things that we don't need all the time. And, you know, just kind of develop this feeling of, yeah, so what if I don't have that new gadget or if I don't get that new trendy item? I can just, I can be just as happy without that product. We all need to learn to, to be more happy with what we already have. And when it comes to fashion, we also need to learn to love even our worn out items. So even though it doesn't mean that it doesn't still work, I think that we have way too much focus on everything has to be fresh out from the box, generally just slowing down. Yeah. Well, what's next for you that we can look forward to and support? Uh, well, at the moment, I've, I'm working on a really exciting project that I can't share too much about <laughs> now, just to be really annoying. Um, but I've, I've only just started developing this idea. It's something that I've been wanting to do for a long, long time. But hopefully within the next six months or so I'll be ready to to launch it I will say though that it's um it's something that will hopefully sustain both fashion and lifestyle even even more convenient and more inspiring for the regular consumer um so of course when I'm ready to launch my my followers will be the first one to know well now I'm so curious where can we go to yeah. stay updated on this and follow you online and on social media yeah, whenever I have something ready, I will definitely post it on, on any of my social platforms. My Instagram is uh, useless underscore DK. And then my YouTube channel is just called useless. And then I have a blog as well called uselesswardrobe.dk. So any of these platforms, I'll definitely share some info once I have a little bit more about it. Before we go into our final five, I wanted to give you an exciting update, and that is that I sent in the 2019 Green Dreamer planners that I'm making uh, to get printed a few days ago. I don't know if I told you why I decided to make this to begin with. One of the things I'm realizing is that it's one thing to have goals and to have things we want to do, but it's a whole other story to actually do them to get there. It's really hard, actually, to just keep staying motivated to take action and to keep taking steps towards our goals. But I know you have big things ahead of you. You have this determination to turn your dreams into reality, not just for yourself, but also for people you love and in the name of a healthier, thriving planet for us all to call home. And that's why we need you. That's why I kept you in mind as I was making this planner, which I really hope can support you throughout 2019. I already shared that it's going to include our major environmental and wellness awareness days in the calendars to keep us on track. 
I also share that it's going to have simple mental, physical, and environmental health actions that you can take and cross off every single week. And the new thing I'll share with you today is that there will be guides to help you effectively and smartly plan your yearly, quarterly, and monthly goals so you can make the most of the year. I'll share more details with you soon, but if this sounds like it'd be helpful to you and you do prefer using physical planners, make sure to sign up for our newsletter at greendreamer.com because when these limited copies launch, I'll be announcing it there first. For now though, to our final five. Let's power through. What's one uplifting social media account or publication you follow? Um, Well, I do follow a handful of great, inspiring people on social media. And um, one of the reasons I don't believe that social media is all bad for us is you know, because there are so many inspiring people and it really starts with yourself and who you choose to follow and support. Um, anyway, but The Minimalist is definitely one of the accounts that has helps me helped me a lot in this whole journey. They have a very strong, strong message. They always share such wise words and their content always kind of helped me get back on the, the track where I want to be. Mm. So that's definitely my, my number one social platform to follow. What do you tell yourself to stay positive and inspired? I think that um, all my life I've actually felt different. I've felt kind of weird from everyone else, my classmates and my friends. And it's not that I felt better or anything than the people around me. It's often quite the opposite, actually. But um, somewhere along the way, I think, especially during this whole minimalism journey, I've learned to use this feeling as kind of a fuel to the fire. So today I actually want to be different and I want to make a difference. So especially in the field of sustainable fashion and and lifestyle. um, And then I just I try to always thankfully remember the, the great community I've built together with my followers, especially on YouTube and use that as proof that I must be doing something right. And yeah, that just empowers me a lot. What's one thing you do for your health, either daily or weekly? So I work out two to three times every week, and I do it mainly with a focus on my mental health. So of course, staying fit is a a great reward too, but I focus more on how good it makes me feel mentally. So you'll never, you'll never find me in the gym for for several hours. So just 30 to 40 minutes of sweat is is enough for me and it just makes me feel amazing. So that's something I definitely can't live without doing. What's one thing you're working on right now to live more sustainably? Well, today I actually have another uh, meeting with a a Danish uh, website called Sustain. So they're going to help me develop um, my knowledge in terms of a more sustainable laundry routine. Um, Because recently I learned that, you know, the most polluting part of a Garmin's life cycle is is actually often how we handle it at home, especially when it comes to to laundry. So there's there's just great reason to get a little wiser, and then I'll pass on that knowledge to my followers. For sure, we look forward to learning from you about that as well. What makes you most hopeful for our planet right now? I think that the fact that so many people are actually interested in the field and you know open to to living more sustainably is is definitely great motivation. And then also just the fact that so many influencers are also opening up to to the subject. That just makes me very happy. So I think that especially if you're an influencer that have a lot of followers, you, you have a voice, very powerful voice. And it's definitely important to, to use that voice carefully. Um, yeah. 
And what final words of wisdom do you have for us as green dreamers? Uh, definitely to, like I said, the quote that I mentioned earlier that, you know, do your best until you know better. And then when you know better, then do better. I think that's that's the best way to look at sustainability and look at it as a as a process. Take it one step at a time and don't stress yourself out. So you'll you'll enjoy the ride. Take it one step at a time and enjoy that ride. Green Dreamer, thank you so much for tuning in. You can find the two tweetable key takeaways from this interview, as well as links and resources at greendreamer.com slash 77 for episode 77. You can reach me with feedback on how I can improve the show for you through the website's contact page. And again, you can follow me on Instagram at Kamea Shane. That's K-A-M-E-A-C-H-A-Y-N-E. And finally, just remember, now more than ever, our planet needs your light to thrive. So if you haven't yet, hit subscribe and I will catch you later, Green Dreamer.